You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. I wanted to talk about just, I've titled it God's Master Plan, and it's just, I'm just going to talk about um, Abraham and Moses, and just um, how um, God's plan applies to us. It's almost like, it's, it's uncanny how God has been speaking to all of us today, it seems. It's like there's a real running theme through what um, was heard this morning and what I've got to share tonight. So God's really speaking and I feel really encouraged to be part of that as well. So God's plan is like nothing else and really has no comparison. And it's a concept that's unchanged by time, circumstance, human error, culture, um, the way God works is really astounding to me and um, is a massive testament to who God is and his character and that he really is all-powerful and all-knowing. Um, so what is that plan? If, let's turn together to um, Ephesians 1. We'll just take a look. And we'll look at verse 10. And it says, and this is the plan, at the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. I'll read that again. And this is the plan, at the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. We see that... um, God's plan for the world and God's plan for all of us is to really restore back to the way things were in the beginning. Um, As we know in Genesis, God created a perfect world and man's sin and man's rebellion undid a lot of the good that God had planned. And his plan is to really bring us back to a place where everything is renewed and perfect again. So as that scripture says, he wants to bring everything under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Turn with me to Genesis 17, verse 3 to 8. Verse 1 to 8, sorry. We see in Genesis a man called Abram, and he's placed firmly in God's plan. And really, God's, God's promised him a son, God's promised him many descendants into the future, and God's really covenanted with him. And just um, really rewarded his faithfulness to him and to his um, paying attention to what God's doing and his plan. And he's, we're going to look at a point in his life where he's just turned 99. And let's read it together. It says in verse 1, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you, and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God 
and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give you as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you. And I will be their God. And this is a running theme with God, that God covenants with man as early as the book of Genesis to bring him and man into a place of relationship and a place where his blessing rests upon his people and that he is their God and they are his people under him. God had previously promised Abraham a son to carry on his lineage and at 99 Abraham was still waiting. There was um, faith really having to be exercised on his part and um, Abraham, like, like some of us, wasn't very good at waiting. Um, I put myself in his shoes and it's just like we are really in many situations that when we're waiting for an answer to prayer, we, we almost never really answer the, ask the question, how is my answer to prayer related to the bigger picture? Um, how is it related to God's bigger picture of redemption to the world? We can be quite in, inward focused on, you know, I am in isolation to the bigger picture and my needs are what I'm really focused on. And, and, and God's really a God that um, merges those two things together, our needs and really how we fit into the bigger picture and how our answer to prayer is really something that spirals and continues to be the blessing for the next person that is in our own sphere of influence. So when Abraham finally did get his son and his son was born, it wasn't just for the happiness of that family and it wasn't just for the benefit of him and Sarah. It was for God's greater plan for the future and God's great enough and big enough to merge his plan, his greater purpose for the world and for the redemption of man and our personal desires. If we jump ahead about 400 years or so to another man, Moses, that also found himself in God's plan without having really even been planned into it. We see a sort of similar um, example of somebody who God really takes their life by storm. So let's turn together to Exodus 2 and we're going to read the first 10 verses there. Verse 1 says, Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it amongst the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Verse 5 says, Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket amongst the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got to the baby's mother. Verse 9 says, Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, 
and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. Now when the, when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. I just want to kind of stop and think um, back to what I was just saying about Abraham and what we've now just looked at uh, with Moses and just thinking how um, there's there's a gap of um, 400 years here and how really in our day and age that's about, I don't know, five generations long and how most of us don't really even really know who our great-grandparents that far back are and and who they believed in and, and what God had promised over their descendants, really. So um, it just really highlights to me how God really cannot be stopped in his pursuit of a man and in his um, pursuit of completing his plan, that five generations. And, and any time where there's gaps between um, and where there's been an apparent silence of God's voice amongst his people, that God has not been stopped and we still know his purposes and his plans today. So from that far back till now, God's plan has really stood to the test of time. And that, again, is just a testament to how great our God is. Yes, I've just written here, he's just t- it's typical God, really. He never gives up and he always finishes the good work that he starts I find it amazing how God's plan always comes about even though sometimes we are not always clear about at what point God even really spoke. I mean, in the story of Moses, there's no clear booming voice out of the sky that told Moses' mum and dad and sister and who even out of the three of them came up with the idea of putting him in the basket. I mean, it's a health and safety nightmare, isn't it, really? Like, anything could have happened... Uh, like a crocodile didn't come and eat the baby, um, the basket didn't t- tip over, um, no one found him and took him away, and no Egyptian soldier found him and killed him and thought, oh, this is like one of the Hebrew babies that Pharaoh's afraid is increasing the people in numbers. And, yeah, like, that's, that's happened a lot in my life, really, just how God's guided through circumstance and um, how his plan has come about, even though we don't always hear an audible voice. Sometimes it's not even conscious, but the things that come about, we look back in hindsight and we see God was there. God, God's plan persisted through any difficulty that may have apparently stood in his way. Moses' mum and dad and sister were compelled to put him in the river when the right time came. And God used the situation to eventually bring about the freedom of the Israelites. And we know Moses was not an ordinary man. He, I mean, he grew up in a palace from that time onwards, following on from where we read. He must have had a good education. He... Um, would have been with the best of the best of um, Pharaoh's people, um, raised as the son of um, Pharaoh's daughter. And um, God really used that situation to deliver his people and used um, his previous training really to spur him on to a different kind of training. He spent time in the wilderness. He spent time 
um, looking after sheep. It's, it's funny to me how um, God comes at the most kind of normal times, really, that um, he was just looking after a flock of sheep and all of a sudden a burning bush catches his eye and God's calling his attention and saying, hey Moses, it's time. You've been ear to the ground, but it's time now to to be moving in my purposes and I've chosen you. We see that through a long argumentative process with the Pharaoh that um, eventually six, about 600,000 Jewish men and all their wives and children, they managed to just leave Egyptian territory and it seems kind of too good to be true and too easy and how God's purpose is through that and they even managed just to go to their Egyptian neighbor's house and go, can I, can I take some, some gold, some silver, some bits and pieces? And they just, like, it just makes me laugh that they just go running with all this thing, all these things. Like, can you imagine going to your neighbor's house and sort of asking, sort of, I don't know, the lady next door, can I just have your pearl necklace? I'm going to do a runner tomorrow with my, my, my family. And are you cool with that? But, um, God just, <laughs> God just worked in their hearts and, in the Egyptians' hearts. And it says in Exodus 12:36 that the Lord made the Egyptians favorably disposed towards the people and they gave them what they asked for. So they plundered the Egyptians. And even in that, God's purposes are realized because he knew their hearts, he knew that the way that they were, the stubbornness in them, and he knew that they would need the supplies that they took that day to even probably survive longer in the desert that you know, that they were going to be there that long and onto the promised land. Um, we just see like a realization of um, God's promise that started way back in Abraham, where he said, you're destined for the land of Canaan. This is my plan for my people, that I would be their God in that place. God doesn't just work on orchestrating the big things. God works on the small. So how do we see his plans realized in our lives? Or rather, the the better question to ask is, how do we really position ourselves like they did, like Abraham and Moses did, to be part of his already existing plan that hasn't been stopped and hasn't been shaken through all these years up until now? We see in something like the Alpha course or any similar course that introduces how God is, that God speaks to us via his word, um, via creation, via circumstance and, and other people, other people who know God and um, hear his voice sometimes on our behalf when we can't. having that attitude of, what are you doing today, God, and how can I be a part of it? Reading our Bibles is also a way to be informed about who God is and what it looks like when he is working. Looking at these stories, um, we see that um, God takes care of every detail, that his timing is perfect, and that no one, not even Pharaoh in Egypt, could stand against what he wanted to do with his people. So we can draw real courage and peace in knowing that when we face comparatively small situations, that he is big and great enough for his plan to be outworked in us.
communicating with God and praying to him for wisdom in the situations we face and, and just being alert, really, being alert and, um, and like I said before, not being um, inwards looking that um, my answer to prayer is just for me, but my answer to prayer could ripple and bless somebody else. And my testimony could um, really encourage someone else that may be going through the same thing that I'm going through at the moment. It's posturing our hearts ready for him to speak. I think the testimony of my life, I'm just going to make it more personal in my life, God has really made his presence and plan known to me strongly through circumstance, above and all things. I don't think I've really ever heard God speak audibly. Um, not many people here probably have, but um, he does, he does, and we see that he does in his word, and, and I've heard testimony of people that say that he has to them. Um, and I can't deny those circumstances and the way that God has really directed my life through the years, just and put all those things down to coincidence. God has really shown that his plan just stops at nothing and, and really works in every detail. I've titled sort of three things in the area of my life where coincidence, I mean, circumstances have come in. Um, I've put titled the first one, Parents. So my parents met in their mid-twenties, round about, um, by... Any, somebody could say seemingly pure coincidence because my mum was moving really to this area because of work and moving out of London to this area and my dad was was round this area and that's really how they met and and you could just say well you know that was just work and and that was the reason but how like how do you explain that how do you explain God's hand in something where somebody's not even listening to his voice, but yet these things just get orchestrated together. God's just amazing that way. And the things that followed, our whole, the whole history of our family since, and how God led my parents to start a church in Spain. Um, I come from a family where um, we were missionaries for many years, and my parents served God and started a church in Spain. And that's still active and, and really treading exciting new ground even today. And the way that God has gone on to work in my, my and my siblings' life since, you know, God knew everything from the beginning. And um, it's just, it's important, I think, to see that God's plan for us in all of that wasn't just to benefit our family if we're going to draw a parallel between my experience and what the Bible is has been saying about these two characters that um, the other people and and the people that were affected in our community in Spain by the church and the people that met God and the people that started their journey of restoration with God, I dare to say that it was them that was that were like God's primary objective really and that really we were a, a secondary part of that greater plan of reaching that area in Spain. And yet God, in all of that, still took care of us on a very personal level. And, you know, we went to good schools. We were happy while we were there. But 
you know, I'm just by virtue of numbers, God's, I see God's primary plan was really to save people and to affect the area and um, to bring more people to him, which is in line, in line with his, his plan from the beginning. God's plan to bring man back to himself and to restore everything back to that Eden-like perfection. That's, that's what we, we saw a glimpse of when we were there. It was in Spain at secondary school that we were in our first year, we were the first year group in my school to ever be taught, um, computer class that the government had funded us for. And I think that was where my love for creating and knowing things, how things worked in that way really started to channel. I've always been the type <laughs> since I've been little to sort of pull things apart and not just be content with being told how things work, but really wanting to like find out how they work. And that's really led me along a, a path where even with university, God um, led me to, even not even vocally, but through through circumstances, led me to stay here and to study here and to be in this area. And um, to be able to still minister in church during that time and save some money and, and just maintain a part-time job. And um, even within my university life, I decided to shift course and stay on another year. And, you know, even God bless in that and being able to meet the, the friends that, uh, that were in the year that I sort of shifted over to and, you know, being able to witness to them. And I think, you know, if, if none of these things had happened and, and God didn't move in the way that he did through circumstance, I wouldn't have met them. I wouldn't be able to witness to them. Um, I didn't, I didn't audibly hear God to make the switch. It was just God's guidance through circumstance. And eventually that switch really led me to be the web developer that I kind of am today. And God's given me a job here locally, which is also a testimony in and of itself. And um, just really all glory to him and his plan. And if I'm going to put the spin on it, that is not just for me. I'm, you know, there's there's been people I've been able to witness to, but there's... Um, you know, in, in my job at the moment, I always pray, I always pray to God, you know, I don't want to just work in an office environment where I do no good to anyone, but I'm just um, lining some CEO's pocket and, you know, advancing their ambitions through my creativity and web design. And God's really blessed me being able to, like, work with the Christian Institute. I'm doing something at the moment for them as well. I'm just really working in building websites for national political campaigns. Um, just trying to be a voice for God in our country, really, at the times that we're in. And, and I just feel so privileged and think, you know, God's... There's, there's a bigger thing happening here than just my benefit. And that's how we need to see our answers to prayer, that it's not something selfish but yet God does give us the desires of our heart within that and God's great enough to be able to merge those two things together 
And actually, there's, they should live side by side if we are more, being made more like Christ and being transformed into his likeness, then our desires are in line with what he wants and what we want for our world and for the people around us is the restoration that he wants for the world around us and for those same people. Where does this all end? Is God's plan bigger than my personal situations? God's a God of restoration, like I've been saying. That's his destination for us. Complete restoration for the whole world. And his words and actions throughout the ages are full of his intention to make the world right again. His words are full of encouragement to us, correction and teaching. And his actions are really full of transformative intent, really. You could, you could almost make it a game and, and say, well, you know, today I'm going to just see where I can spot the hand of God working in my environment. Um, see how God's going to sneak his goodness into, into my everyday, into seemingly normal situations. As we saw in the stories in the Bible, God, um, just came in under the, under the radar and, and presented his voice and his, um, his plan and blew open his revelation to those people in just seemingly normal situations. Um, 99-year-old man just going about everyday life, you know, thinking, you know, I'm 99, I'm pretty old now. And um, God comes and says, you know, you're going to be the father of many generations and there's a promised land for your people. And the same for Moses. Moses is just looking after sheep, very sort of menial, don't have to have a GCSE to do that sort of job. And, you know, that's when God says, I've chosen you. I've chosen you to be part of my plan and to be the one that instigates saving my people and, and running away from the oppression that they've been under. God's plan is so globally huge and yet so personal. Like I hinted at before, it's important to know that our God is big enough that who we are and what we desire doesn't, that is in line with what he wants, doesn't necessarily just get swept under the carpet and get trampled over by God's bigger picture agenda. We must never fear that God's um, somehow going to turn us into a robot if we submit to his plans and purposes. But God really loves each and every one of us individually and so uniquely. I've put here, what, what is God's plan for Brighton? Because really, it's, it's great to look at um, the word. It's great to look at how things were way back then. But what does that mean to what God wants to do here and now in this city? And first and foremost, I think God wants Brighton to know who he is and, and to a relationship with him. He wants the people of this city to feel loved and secure in him and know that they have a hope and a future. That can start today. Um, we heard this morning that God's plan isn't something for when we just die and 
it's not a ticket of escape, but it's something where transformation can begin right here and right now. He doesn't want to leave any individual where they are, but wants to transform their thinking, their outlook on life, their families, their friends, their workplaces, their relationships, and their whole lives, really. How do I respond? We can't just wait for a voice to come out of the sky, because that, for me that's never happened. Where would I be if I was still waiting for that? But um, We've seen in Scripture how that can happen, but we need to start, I guess, behaving with God's char- characteristics today and be active, really, and, and aware and looking for where his plan is out working and, and pray to him and say, you know, I want to be a part of what you're doing in my area. I want you to to use me. I want you to um, to make me a part of what you're doing. I, I, I want you to speak through me with, when I'm with my friends. I want you to speak through me when I'm with my family. And if you're somebody that doesn't even know God yet, then your prayer would be, you know, I, I want to know who you are and so I want you to change me so that not just for my sake, but so I can go on to change and introduce you, God, to the people that I know as well after you've transformed me. So I just want to pray and we'll just consider some of the things that we've heard. And just how great our God is. Ephesians 1.10 says again, and this is the plan, at the right time he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and earth. Thank you Jesus that your plan is, we just can't even understand it Lord. We we make plans Lord and, and our plans can change with our emotions and they can change with time and we can lose interest Lord but you never give up Lord, and your work is good and perfect Lord and has a good reason and a good destination and it fills us with hope and it fills us with confidence in our future Father. and I thank you that your love casts out all our fear that your timing is perfect, Lord. And I pray that as we go out from here, we'd be aware and we'd be looking around and we'd be asking you to speak to us and to be wanting to be part of your plan, Father. We can see your greatness, Lord, through the ages, that your plan has never been held back from what it needs to accomplish, Father. And we only want to be people that accelerate that, Father, in our world. And for those of us that don't know you, Father, I pray that you'd reveal yourself to us. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.